It's the weekly recap show with Chris Michaels and myself, Greg Bolden, here on America Emboldened. What a week it's been. Tucker Carlson having Larry Sinclair talking about gay sex with Barack Obama. Have we hit tabloid journalism on Tucker on X at this point? Quite possibly. The immigration problem we find out in New York City is a disaster. 10,000 migrants coming in per month. A $12 billion deficit. Programs in New York City are about to suffer as a result. Elon Musk might have stopped World War III by taking Starlink satellites offline and preventing the Ukraine from using them as a weapon of war. And AI, will it be given a Grammy this year? Well, that's the quite a possibility as the AI song with Drake and The Weeknd, where they never actually performed on it, is nominated for Best New Song in 2023. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Great, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. I'm your host, Greg Bolden, with my good friend, Chris Michaels, joining me here today. As you may know, we do this wrap-up every single week on Friday, talk about all the things that have been going on over the course of the last seven days. And so it's been seven days since we last heard from Chris Michaels. He's been busy with a lot of shows, and I've been busy mixing it up, too. I've been talking a lot about what's going on with the insurrectionist sentencings. I've been talking about whether or not the people truly have a right to overthrow the government, which was a really salacious thing for me to say on my show. I haven't received the blowback that I was expecting, but I'm going to run it by my good friend, Chris Michaels, today. So we're going to bring Chris back onto the show once again, live with Bolden and Michaels. Chris, how are you doing? I'm effing great, Greg. Thanks. Woo! Excellent. <laughs> Glad wanna, to hear it. Yeah, I want to thank you for being part of the surprise party for my birthday. Were you truly surprised? I, seriously. I walked okay. in. I, I, so this is what happened. I was told that, oh, we're going to have lunch with, uh, with your parents. Okay. So I walk in there, and I see the balloons. And then I look to the right, and I see all the serving trays, the serving stoves and stuff. So right. I'm like, all right, it's time to go. I, I guess we're not going to have lunch here. We'll have to find someplace else. I walk right past family members, and then they're like, hey, they walk around, idiot. These are your people. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then all of a sudden, you show up. <laughs> well, I was already there. I, I got there like uh, probably about 20 minutes before you did. But uh, it was fun to watch you walk into your surprise party because <laughs> you looked off to the right at the bar. Meanwhile, there's like an entire room full of your family and friends <laughs> on the left. And you're not looking at them. You're like, oh, nope. look, there's some servers for food. I guess we're going to have an interesting meal here today off to the side. <laughs> it was yeah, great. buffet style. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had a good time, um, you know, uh, for those of the people watching stuff, uh, Chris and I have been doing the show for some time being a guest on each other's show, but it was the only the second time we've been in person 
with each other. We met through podcasting. Uh, I was a listener of his show, uh, reached out to him, and then we started doing these type of things. Um, but we don't know each other really that well. So to be invited to your 40th surprise birthday party, I mean, that was uh, that was uh, an honor to be a part of that for you. So I was glad oh, to be yes. there. Yeah. Yes, because you're part of the inner circle. I'm a fuzzball. Yes, that's right. You're the you're <laughs> you're you're a lovable fuzzball, just like everybody else that's part of the fuzzball nation. I was I, uh, a professor at Fuzzball University at one point in time. I haven't forgotten that. You still are. You still okay, are. I'm just making give sure. You a, uh, <laughs> a big diploma or some kind of document there. I, I want to also say thank you very much, not only for coming there, uh, but for the wonderful card wishing me happy Hanukkah. And also the large package of Depends that you bought me. Uh, it truly made the difference. Um, and I can see myself wearing those on a bender if I ever go on any of those ever again. Um, I, I, I can't thank you enough for all that. Well, you're 40 now and things start to break down. So I was very concerned. And also, you know, you and I, we have a, a tendency to talk for a long time on camera and on microphone. And I just figured, you know, if you put on some Depends... You can prevent yourself from having to get up while we're drinking our coffee or whatever we're into, right? You can just take that break and no one will be none the wiser. We won't know whether or not you went anywhere. Unlike a, unlike a Delta passenger. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no. I saw. I know. So oh, for the listeners, God. did you see the news? A Delta Airlines flight on Wednesday had to turn around due to a biohazard on the plane. Now, there is video that came out of that, which I will not show viewers, and I really hesitate to even describe this to my listeners right now, but I will, because why not? <laughs> <laughs> the video is somebody getting off the plane and filming empty seats of about seven rows that got sprayed by somebody's explosive diarrhea. Chris, how does somebody have explosive diarrhea for seven rows? Were they wearing clothes? Was this a dress? Like, I can't I, imagine. My kids I have was, had blowouts, but nothing like that. <laughs> I was just going to posit the same question. Was is there a dress? Did they drop trow in the in the seat? Right. Like, what happened? Where's the protection? Rows? <laughs> I mean, you know what they, you know what they should have been wearing. It was 14 feet or, or 21 feet. They should have put an N95 on the rear end oh. because then it would have protected Good. them and all the other passengers on the plane that were all around them. I mean, you know that masks are now the in thing once again right now. Yeah, I know. It's atrocious. I've seen it. There are all sorts of stories coming out of especially Colorado. Um, mm -hmm. with these schools requiring masks. I think there was a school out here in New York where eight kids or something got the tested positive for COVID. And now they have to be out for 10 days and they got to start masking again. They are really trying to push this again. A school right around the corner in Maryland from me is requiring masks in order to attend school. So, so here's my, my question to New York city mayor, Eric Adams. If you're really going to promote this nonsense, are you going to test every single illegal immigrant child that attends these public schools? All 22,000 of them, depending upon who you listen to. I heard 18,000, I heard 22,000. Mm -hmm. Now, I also heard something else from New York City that they're requiring uh, everybody to be vaccinated appropriately within 30 days of enrolling in school. So 
what are we doing? What are we doing? Well, was it you that posted a video of Mayor Eric Adams talking about the immigration crisis in New York City? They're at a $12 billion deficit and they're going to have to start cutting programs and they're getting 10,000 immigrants per month. So not only do we have the problem with infectious disease coming over the border, not only do we have uh, this whole concept of, does that mean that now they're going to have to be vaccinated? Uh, But we have a deficit, $12 billion in just the city of New York. How can you run programs for individuals? How can you continue to keep your streets clean, have your garbage cleaned up? I mean, somebody that lives near New York City, are you concerned for the state of New York City over the next year or so? No, absolutely not. They reap what they sow. I told Mm. you I was in there. And this is before school started. And I'm walking over piles of excrement, human excrement. Uh, I'm I'm watching people fondle themselves. Um, All kinds of debaucherous stuff. I'm watching people deal drugs in public in Times Square. It's like the 80s all over again. These weren't people, these weren't people you knew. Uh, No, no, not this time. Uh, I've given that up. Maybe a couple of years ago. You weren't on your way to a Dave Matthews Band concert in New York City during this time. (laughs) Good. Excellent. So so here's the other thing, though. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw this little blurb that came out. So Eric Adams starts criticizing the Biden administration. And then there was this little blurb. I didn't read it. There was no article that was associated with it. The Biden administration is now looking into ways to keep migrants inside of Texas and not let them outside of Texas. Hmm. So then it becomes Texas's burden. All at the same time, Texas is in the process of impeaching its attorney general. I saw that. So what's the big story here? Are they going to plan to use Texas as this buffer state where all the migrants have to go in there? And guess what? We're going to use mail-in ballots. And wouldn't you know it, uh, we're not going to check them. Or we're just going to turn a blind eye to it. I didn't know that COVID knows when election season is. <laughs> like, I'm really impressed. Like, that's an educated virus. It's like, hmm, it's an election season. We got to come back, everybody. New variant. Well, but, you knew it was smart because it didn't travel during Antifa riots or BLM or, or, or BLM protests, right? right? No one got COVID during the Black Lives Matter, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Very socially conscious virus. <laughs> Is this a rumor or is it it's something that is true? I, I, I saw, and you may not know, but I'm going to ask the question. I saw in Texas and in California, they had erected uh, blockades so people couldn't swim through the waters to get into the country from Mexico. And apparently, according to uh, some of the people that are reposting the story, the Biden administration issued a lawsuit against both of these states and an injunction in one saying they had to remove these blockades in the water. They had to allow people to go freely because they were drowning people. They were causing the loss of life. They couldn't get through. And I'm thinking, isn't that the point to discourage people from coming through? A couple of people drown. I'm not for any loss of life, but a couple of people drown trying to come over. Maybe they'll learn their lesson and go, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't forge the river going to the Oregon Trail. Right? We're closed. <laughs> <laughs> we should have learned our lesson a long time ago, back in the 1980s with that video game. But I don't know. They're, apparently, the Biden administration doesn't want them to have these. And uh, so I, I think that that well, is isn't really the purpose evil. Of, isn't the purpose of punishment meant to be intimidating? 
Because I also saw pictures of these of these floats that you're talking about, mm -hmm. but apparently there were like circular saws in between the floats. Now I don't know if that was photoshopped Ooh. or anything like that. No, I didn't see that. I saw that. Seems a bit extreme to me um, to do something, but so is barbed wire, in my opinion. Right. Razor wire. Wait, wait. So, 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 so are you saying that a country should not put saws and razor wire as a discouragement? to illegals coming into it. If the saws actually did something productive, like what's a saw going to do between two buoys? Like yeah, you look I mean, at it and you go, okay, I'm not going to touch the saw. Unless, I mean, it's not even okay. spinning, right? It's, we're not even talking about some kind of dystopian thing that we see uh, that we saw in Aeon Flux during the 90s. Ooh, we're, great we're, show reference, by the way. MTV, really li show. Liquid <laughs> Television. Two points for Chris Michaels right away. Hey, you remember the Max? Yes. I don't. <laughs> I oh. to remember. <laughs> oh. See, I, you're getting me excited now. I got all these great shows that I'd be talking to you about. We'd get completely off the uh, podcast Man, topics. You know what was really good? What was that? Space Coast, Coast to Coast. Yes. And the Cartoon Brad Network. Show. Yeah. The Brack Show. I love that. <laughs> was so what was the stuff. show? Aqua Teen Hunger Force was also really good. That was strange, but that they had was, some real gems in there. That was a phenomenal show. <laughs> All right. Back, so, back to the topic at hand. No, 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 no. One more. <laughs> okay, one more. Uh, uh, the Venture Brothers. Ooh, I didn't watch The Adventure Brothers. I don't know that one. Oh, it's a, it's a take on Johnny Quest. It's brilliant. Okay. Brilliant stuff. I will anyway. look that up then. Going back to the cruel and unusual purposes of putting in stuff everywhere. The saws just seem ridiculous. Like, it's an intimidation tactic. What's a saw going to do? But if you put up a fence or a wall with razor wire or barbed wire up top, maybe you've uh, put in some sensors along the ground that measure yeah. vibrations, which I know they have. Um, then we're talking about something. But the whole idea, I brought this up countless times, the whole idea is because they know that they're not promoting behind the scenes the stability of America. What they want is a North American Union, if not an Oceania from 1984, where you're uniting the economies of the EU, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, possibly Japan, the United States, Canada, and Mexico. Mm -hmm. That's what you're looking at. So if these people behind closed doors know that there aren't going to be borders between these nations, then... What's the point? Who cares? Right? Giuliani, yeah. when he was removed from mayor, his he had a consulting firm. And he worked with the Bushes to figure out how to create a NAFTA superhighway from Mexico all throughout Canada. It was him, Giuliani, the supposed, you know, pro American. I remember guy. that. Yeah. So th that's what I think is really going on behind closed doors. So it's up to us to sit there and bring attention to it and be like, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We can bring attention to it, but can we actually do anything about it? Why you know, do, we, I, do we have the right to revolt? Well, that's the question that I posed. <laughs> I posed this question. I didn't really do it eloquently on my Wednesday show, but maybe I can run this by you a little bit. So as you saw, Chris, you have people that were arrested and they've been put in jail now for several years before they're getting sentenced. And they're getting 15 years, 17 years. Just recently, this Tario guy got 22 years, the Proud Boys leader, and he wasn't even there. But they're saying he was a general of the revolt. Okay. This was the first time I actually looked at this issue from a different perspective and said, maybe Donald Trump should be in jail. And I haven't thought about it in these terms yet until I looked at that sentencing. 
And I listened to what he said about, well, I was following the president's orders. I was listening to what he was saying that our democracy was in trouble. And so that's kind of where I want to start with this, this argument and tell me how you feel. So we can go back to very eloquent words that were written by Thomas Jefferson. And for those words, we know that it says that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the rights of the people with rights capitalized to alter or to abolish it and to institute a new government laying its foundations on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and their happiness. My question is, were the January 6th Capitol gatherers following what they felt was their American right if they felt the government had become destructive to your right to vote, which is really important to our republic, then were they wrong to take action? Or by the ruling of a 15-year sentence, a 22-year sentence, are we stating that underneath the Declaration of Independence, which is a foundational document for our Constitution, that you no longer have the right to try to abolish a government that's tyrannical. And if Donald Trump willingly lied, if it goes to trial and we find that Donald Trump really was trying to usurp power, he lied about this knowingly, then shouldn't Donald Trump be the person that goes to jail? And all of the individuals that were uh, sentenced at this point for acting off of a false tyrannical government uh, ideal have their sentences commuted because I think that's really what we're talking about. Well, here's the thing that I find odd um, with all of this. When he says, oh, he's a general, I, uh, general of what? He, he got sentenced 22 years for not even being there and saying something along the lines of, well, you know, if, if I could do it again, I would do it again. I'd love to see it happen all over again. So I sincerely question the motives of the judge and everybody else that sentenced this guy. Now, I, that doesn't mean I support the guy because you can find all sorts of little ties to various intelligence agencies and bizarre individuals like General Flynn and a couple of other people that this guy is, is tied to in some way. So I don't think he's exactly innocent. I think he was thrown to the wolves and they let him have it. Now, how can you prove that Donald Trump wanted something like this to happen? How, how can you, is there something in an email? Uh, maybe he has an alternative email address that we should uh, take a look at through a Freedom of Information Act request. If there is something like that out there, okay, I'll buy it. I'll go along with it because you can't do things like that. However, as uh, Ms. Loomer uh, decided to point out this week as well about all of these Nazi protests, she went down the road of pointing out people that were there on January 6th that just happened to be Ukrainian citizens and part of the Ukrainian military. So what's that about? Are we looking at a staged event? Are we looking at a fifth columnist style event? I mean, if you're going to go down this road and say Donald Trump is the mastermind behind January 6th, that doesn't seem like a very good mastermind because what did the rabble rally do it, it walked around the Capitol building. Do you really think that they were going to change Pence's mind and tell him to, no, 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 you can't do this? I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. What does make sense to me is that you've got a whole bunch of people 
that were essentially seditionists on the Democrat side and on the Pence side and on the Republican side that wanted something stupid to happen. And you put in, you seed those, that whole group with feds and cops and contractors to just light the fire, right? You just want them to, to do something. And then they'll just roll along with it. The rabble rally will do it. So going back to your question, is this a right to revolt? It, it really depends. Because in, under whose perspective? Because technically, back in 2016, under that definition, the left could have revolted January 21st. Right or 2017 when he was inaugurated, right. January 21st. Well, I mean, I, I think it's a little different though because back when Hillary Clinton lost, yes, she didn't believe that she lost, right? But there wasn't uh, mail-in ballots on a broad scale. We weren't coming out of pandemic at that point in time, which caused people to say, "Where are the ballots stuffed?" We didn't have the news media report all of a sudden 83,000 missing votes at two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, throwing people into a state of mistrust, throwing people into a spot where they're going, somebody cheated here, which is the talking points of Donald Trump. It's the talking points really of Carrie Lake and all these other individuals stating that there was massive mail-in voter fraud that caused this election to be swung from Donald Trump to Joe Biden and the fix was in. You know, I, I didn't hear that type of talking points during Hillary Clinton losing. It was more they had the lead, but as the swing states started coming in, things started falling apart for her. Well, you heard Russian insurrectionism. Sure. Right? So so how is that would then give them <clears throat> the impetus to revolt because all of a sudden we've got a president that is a Russian puppet. He somehow skirted the background checks of the Secret Service, the FBI, the CIA, and on and on and on. He's right. so smart, right? Right. What is he doing? Using carrier pigeon? Telepathy, maybe? Like, I, I see where you're going then. So you're using the whole, if our president was colluding with Russia, then that could have been a moment of tyrannical government stating that a foreign government had taken uh, control of the United States and therefore the Democrats could have used the same that argument. Same logic. So, so yeah, but that, that comes to this question then. Like, like, you know, I have to ask then, is government too damn big for us to actually do anything to a tyrannical government? Have we gotten so large that at this point we're kind of just screwed? Like there's no way that if a tyrannical government came up and rose that the people would actually be able to do anything because everybody is too damn divided. No. Absolutely not. But because the problem with that <clears throat> is that humanity has this innate ability to revolt and win. Hmm. It's been doing that all throughout history. It even did it to God, right? You revolted <laughs> the Tower of Babel. You went against right. the divine. <laughs> they still did it, right? <laughs> so... You could do studies on uh, what happened in Russia between 1905 and 1917 and all throughout the 20s, right? There was, there was no way that the peasant class should have been able to revolt against the czar. But they still did, and it still did something. It didn't work out for them, but they did something, right? They overthrew right. this stuff. Mankind will always find a way to revolt, and mankind has this unnatural drive for freedom and independence and it may not be everybody because you still got the maskers out there and all that but 
overall, mankind wants that type of freedom. So we may be going through a tough, a tough time right now, but I certainly see a lot more people awake than ever before, and they're not, they're not buying this stuff. Look at the masks, look at the, 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 the vaccines again and all that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that we're definitely in a different political environment at this point in time. We have CNN that's calling out now that masks don't work in front of Fauci. Fauci trying to backtrack going, <laughs> oh, that Cochrane review, that was just about how it was going to stop the pandemic. It wouldn't work, but for individual protection, it works. Now, Fauci, I read the Cochrane report. It is the only randomized study, which is the benchmark for all studies, and it had multiple randomized studies. And so I've been asking the question, I posted it, it's been crickets. Can someone post a randomized study showing that masks work? They don't exist. There is not a randomized study that shows that the N95 masks are highly effective against COVID. Yes, there are studies that they can show us, but not the not the regular ones. We got to take a quick break here, everybody. Uh, we're coming up on our, our first break of the show. We're having so much fun here. We're just, the conversation is flowing between Chris and myself. I'd like everybody to make sure that when you get an opportunity, you go over to americaoutloud.store where you can check out all the sponsors of the America Out Loud Network. Find something there for yourself. There's lots of great products there, uh, and I highly recommend that you check all of those out. All right, everyone, we'll be right back. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden and Chris Michaels here on the America Out Loud Network. Changing the world one person at a time. Here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Welcome back, Bold Americans. Second half of the show on our recap with Bolden and Michaels here. We're having a good time. We've covered a lot of topics, but we got a lot more to go because what a week it's been. If you followed on 
Thursday, Wednesday night, I guess it was Wednesday night, Tucker Carlson. <laughs> what a tabloid piece that came out of Tucker Carlson's publishing onto X. So he is interviewing the gentleman who claims that back in 2008, was that was that how far back or was this the 1990s? I don't even remember. No, he said 99. 99, 1999. That way back in 1999, that he went on a bender with Barack Obama, where Barack Obama did coke with him. Barack uh, smoked it while he snorted it. And then there was oral sex involved with him hooking up with the soon-to-be president. Chris, I watched it. I have my own personal feelings about it, but I'm going to go to you first because I think that you and I might disagree on what we watched. I honestly think it was one of Tucker's worst shows, hmm. to be completely honest with you. It, it, he prefaced the whole thing with, we're talking to someone that claims dot, dot, dot. So at least he did that. At least he didn't say, this is what happened and we've got the guy here. He just kind of said, okay, we're going to talk to the guy. Which is good because there's been a lot of talk about this. And so if there are claims out there to be made, then maybe we should hear them. And we can only thank the Democrats and what they did to Donald Trump behind all of this stuff throughout 2016, 18, you know, on and on. Right. You're guilty until proven innocent. So it's good to have that kind of dialogue and to put it out there as far as real meat, so to speak. Not really. It's somebody's accusation. They partied with a young Barack Obama, probably still parties. And then you got, it's just validating what Joan Rivers said before she died. Yes. About, about Big Mike. And I brought up on my podcast, uh, Sherman Skolnick. Uh, I think I told you about him. He was an old court reporter back in Chicago. And he wrote some brilliant stuff. Um, and he wrote a series, a six-part series called The Gannon Canon. And they reference a guy called Jeffrey Gannon. Jeffrey Gannon, real quick, was a gay escort, basically a male whorehouse entrepreneur who somehow got into the press corps every day. Uh, and he had to be signed in every day. He didn't have a press pass or anything else. He was well known to the Secret Service and the FBI, was also known to go upstairs and meet with the Bushes, and was tied to Valerie Plain. Remember her? Hmm. The, CIA, the, the CIA woman who was overseeing like 70 yeah. other CIA agents, which ultimately, I don't know if you remember this story from China. Uh, there was a little blurb. China wiped out a whole bunch of CIA assets around that same time. I don't remember that. Yeah. So there was okay. there was a bizarre, <clears throat> bizarre connection between Bush and Jeffrey Gannon. And it was also rumored that they were intimate. So this is nothing new. I mean, this is this is what it is. Okay. So if I'm Tucker Carlson, I go from having the former president Donald Trump on my show with 85 million or 120 million people watching and viewing that. I then follow up. I get Dave Portnoy, who is going to go viral and get me another 50 million. And Dave has his own kind of brand with Barstool Sports. He had just gotten the company back for $1 after selling it for 600 million. Like he's kind of a, an interesting figure. I, I like listening to Dave Portnoy, quite honestly. I thought that that was an interesting interview. Uh, then he gets this guy. And all I can think to myself is if you are Tucker Carlson and you just gave this great speech overseas, you come back and you hit something that I would expect the daily mail 
to be hitting. <laughs> I would expect this on, you know, one of those bookshelves in the grocery store. I don't care if Barack Obama sleeps with men. I don't care if Michelle Obama is Michael Obama. That doesn't bother me any way, shape or form. So when, if you're going to tell this story, then I want to know what is so uh, corrupt about Barack Obama that this story is relevant. And so I was waiting for this, the tie to the chef. I was waiting for the story to tie in some way, shape or form to, oh, and there's an accusation now that he was having an affair with the chef and we can tie the story together. And maybe that's why he's dead. We didn't even go the conspiracy nation for that. Instead, you follow a guy who's been in jail multiple times. It's definitely has a trustworthiness issue and you put your credibility on the line. And I think that this is a bad, bad look for Tucker Carlson. And in many ways, I think he's going to lose people over this. He's going to get the fringe, but he's going to lose the people that were like, oh, Tucker maybe has changed since Fox. No, he hasn't. You know, that's that's a bad look. Yeah. And, and so the other thing, too, is you got this guy. He doesn't even present well. He lives in Mexico. He's obviously using drugs because he's sniffing every five minutes or less than that. Did you catch right. that? I every did. 30 seconds. Yep. And you can tell he's done a lot of drugs. You can tell yeah. through those eyes. Drugs and men. He ain't all there. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got the, the weird, like, the, the, the weird mouth that kind of looks yep. like he's missing teeth. And, and so, the very effeminate voice, the way he speaks and presents himself. It's, it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a bad person. I mean, look at Chris, uh, look at uh, Mad Dog Russo. I was going yeah. with the, the fact that the way he present, <laughs> the way he presents himself, he's a shyster. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't trust that even that voice is his real voice is what I'm getting at. I, I wouldn't put it past him. But I, 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 so the other thing is, do you think that this could just be a massive middle finger that Tucker is giving people? You you put up all of these porn stars against Trump and Stormy Daniels and Michael Avenetti. And then, oh, we this weird, bizarre person got raped in a in a in what a, a dressing room at dillard's in new york city do you think trump would even go there like no right so do you Here, here's, think here, this could just be hey here's got, here's what i want to know i can do anything i want to know that during this interview right they're, they're having all this at the end of the interview he says to him he's like hey i want to thank you for being here you know it's been a pleasure and everything else this interview was done at his home that's on very remote land I'm guessing that a limo driver, ironically to the story, <laughs> had to pick him up and bring him to Tucker Carlson's house. After listening to that interview, I want to ask you, how long did Tucker allow him to sit next to him before Tucker got up and was like, his handlers came in, grabbed this guy, threw him back into a cab and sent him back to where he came? Dude, I thought bugs were jumping off him. I'm surprised yeah. that Tucker allowed him to get there in the first <laughs> yes. place. Because there, at one point, they showed the whole table. Where you have Tucker and Larry on, on either side, and you could just tell it's so like frosty, yeah. it's cringy. Like Tucker is grossed out by <laughs> yeah. by the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. It, so, do you agree with me though that this is a career move that's ass backwards for Tucker? I don't think it's suicide. I just think it's a bad show. I, I just I, I see. I I think it's a bad show, but I think when you're Tucker and you come to a new platform, you can't afford to have those missteps if you want to expand your audience. Uh, I felt like, you know, this is a, a step backwards from a standpoint of if you're trying to bring moderates in, a moderate's probably going to watch this and be like, what the hell is this guy doing? I just think it's a bad move. 
I am looking this up right now. Okay. So, here we go. The episode itself got 25 million views. Yeah, but that's on 120 million. Uh, no. 120 million was the leader of Hungary. Tucker has been averaging about 10 to 14 million views per episode. So I, thought, I thought he had more than that. Okay. Trump, I, I, I skimmed through it last night. So episode 21 with Portnoy was 14 million views. Hungary was 127 million views. Um, and then what else do we have? Uh, Donald Trump, 265 million views. So he averages about Colonel Douglas McGregor, 11.8 million. So he's averaging between 10 and 14 million views for regular guests. But once he has a leader like Hungary on, which I'm surprised at, 127 million views. And then Trump. Right. And then this guy gets double the amount of views. So it's gossip. Gossip sells. Is. So maybe I know. he's trying to vie for this. Maybe he's trying to be the next Today's host or Good Morning America host. I don't know. Could you imagine that? Or maybe he'll go on the view. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> should oh, be on camera. Did you see that? Hold on. Whoopi. Get... She's alone. Uh, <laughs> oh, Whoopi Goldberg, welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad because you know I just wanted to put a paper bag over her head too while she's at it. <laughs> There's no, a lot of people that, that might have wanted to see a paper bag over her head for many years, <laughs> <laughs> especially her lovers. Oh, did I go there? Oops. Ouch. All right. <laughs> yeah, the lights have to be off. Off, face down in the pillow. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're ghosting. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm just glad that uh, nobody saw the comments I made about Miss Loomer uh, to you privately. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. So. Uh, oh no! <laughs> I didn't know that you had a crush on Miss Loomer. Oh, I don't. Trust I didn't me, know I that, don't. that 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 was that was your style. So you know, I decided to to send uh, Chris some photos. Very of. Uh, very, very flattering photos of, of Miss Loomer um, and her beautiful teeth. You had to do it. It's like somebody <laughs> photoshopped it, but I know it's not. No, it's not photoshopped. That is a real photo. Oh, man. And I mean, we shouldn't be picking on people's appearance. They can't change that. No, but, you know, she, she's such a beautiful person on the inside. <laughs> sure, sure. And she, she's all buddy, buddy with Roger Stone when she's yes. not probably. Yeah, I, I don't trust Laura Loomer whatsoever. You know what? You know what made my day, Michael? What's that? I have a literal fraction of the amount of followers that she has. And I made almost as much money as she did on Twitter. And what? Yeah, she, she only made $110. I made $43.70. <laughs> you know, so I'm hot on her heels. I'm coming after you, Loomer. <laughs> uh, speaking of being hot on the heels, I got to tell you about this story. Oh, no. So here in uh, Delaware, right up the road from me, there is an escapee that got out of the Pocopson prison in Pennsylvania. He scaled the walls like Spider-Man, literally. They have video of how he escaped. They went back and found it on the cameras. School districts near mine are shut down this entire week. This man is extremely dangerous. He killed somebody in Venezuela. And then here in the United States, he stabbed his girlfriend to death in front of their children oh. and her family. And he's hiding out in the woods somewhere about 20 minutes from my house. The authorities issue a statement today and my students tell me about it. They go, Mr. Bolden, there's a $20,000 reward. If someone catches this guy, you know, I said $20,000 reward. 
I'm about to go play me some lottery in the woods. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> let's go. I got Marine friends. I got people in law enforcement, ex-law enforcement. I got friends that, you know, are just a little bit, some have some screws loose. We can get into those woods. We can go find this guy. He's five foot, 120 pounds. Maybe that's soaking wet. Let's go find him. Let's bring him to justice. I'll so get I some bowl of snares and we'll be at it. Exactly. So I, I, I published this. I put this on my feed that, you know, who would like to go into the woods for the lottery? And one of my friends works for NBC and he's a, he's a very good reporter. He gets assigned overseas to the Olympics when they come in. And he's like, Greg, I just want to point out the $20,000. That's for a tip to find the guy. They don't want you going with your own paws trying to get this guy in vigilante justice. You know what? Boo-hoo. Let's bring back, you know, the <laughs> citizen being able to go and get bad guys. I mean, I, I wouldn't feel the, I would not feel anything to put down somebody that evil. Well, you can do it, right? There is such things as citizens arrests. Yeah. It might be a little bit difficult, or maybe you can goad him into attacking you. So it's self-defense. Yeah. But right? do I get the $20,000? Well, how about this? You find him, and yes. then you make the call. There's your 20K. There's the tip. There right. it is. Yes. Where is he? He's six feet in front of me, just yes. outside of COVID. <laughs> I'll tell you, it, it, within a knife situation, this guy apparently is very deadly with a knife. You never oh, want to have somebody within really 20 feet of you. I mean, tw 20 feet, the closing distance, even if you had to draw the weapon, you barely have enough time to get the weapon out. Uh, so once you're at are six you, feet, you you're archery? dead. Uh, I'm not as good as archery as I am with a handgun. Uh, handgun, I'm I'm very skilled. Okay. Uh, archery, I've shot before, uh, but I'm I'm not s skilled at that. I don't practice that, so that wouldn't be good for me. So now let me ask you this question. Yeah. He got out of prison. He yes. scaled the walls. Was yep. there razor wire or circular saw blades anywhere? <laughs> well, I'm assuming that there was at least uh, razor wire, but from I what I understand, he scaled the wall, went onto the ceiling, the, the roof, and then jumped from a, that roof to another roof to a less secure area where he was just able to get down and walk off. Wow. Yeah. That's something. Well, I hope he, I hope he's still in those woods far away from you because uh, yeah, I, I, no, I don't want him anywhere <laughs> near me quite honestly. And, but it also told me like, people don't get my sense of humor because I thought it was pretty clear Let's when go. I said who would like to win the lottery in the woods that yeah. I wasn't being serious. Uh, but, but get I also, yeah, I was also kind of told that like, well, you know, you got a public voice. You got to be careful what you put out there. I'm like, ah, oh, oh, whatever. There, there's Come something on. called satire. Yes. Like, uh, please. That's stated. He's, it's open season if he shows up in my uh, backyard field. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I got a cog site. We'll have some good times. All so, right. all right. So let me ask you this question, too. Yeah. About all this. Why are they allowing unfettered migration like this? I mean, I've said what I said about it, right? So why are they allowing this? What do you think? Well, I mean, why are they allowing it? Because they don't want conflicts on our borders with a country that they feel could hurt our free trade, right? If all of a sudden we start pushing back against Mexico and Mexico can't get rid of their problems and send them to us, and we have this agreement between Canada, Mexico, and ourselves, then that destabilizes the good faith agreements that we have between these three countries. And so I think that it's allowed because uh, the administrations and people that serve us 
they don't see us as the United States of America anymore. They see us on a global earth is flat type of perspective for flat earthers. That's not what I'm referring to. I'm just stating that we have global commerce that's flat across the board, Uh, but they see it as, you know, this is our border. Just let them come. And I think it's the wrong philosophy. It's really a Democrat philosophy more than it's a Republican philosophy. Although I think the Republicans are just as bad at this point in time, because I don't see them making a major issue out of it. I don't see them holding the president's feet to the fire or talking about things outside the federal crisis. Um, So, yeah, I I think that at this point, it's kind of to depower the United States. And it's not a good thing. I think you hit the nail on the head with something, though. Where are the Republicans in all of this? Look at Andy McCarthy. Andy McCarthy is an empty suit. We knew that from day one, that he was not going to do anything. There's no reason why he shouldn't be moving down the pathway for impeachment. Yeah. I mean, if anything, for optics. Right? So the Republicans are in on it. And look at Mitch McConnell when he's not freezing up. (laughs) And then he talks again. Like, what is this guy talking about? Right? So I I, I think you're onto something. And I would like to know who is funding these migrant caravans right because that's the bigger issue because now you're dealing with ngos now you're dealing with transnationalists well i think that the thing that worries me the most i'm not sure if you saw the reports that came out of alaska uh and came off the the borders of our our southwestern states but there were people that are reporting that they found young chinese men right young chinese men on our bases like just Mm -hmm. off our bases in alaska and when they asked them what they're doing there they said Oh, we're just sightseeing. We got lost. Sure. And this has happened at multiple military bases. And so there are people that are concerned. And I've been told this from people that serve in the military as well, that there is a concern right now that during this whole migrant crisis, that you have people that are coming into the country that might be bad actors that could destabilize the entire region. Should there be a war Uh, that the military is literally moving into the United States within all of this. So I think that that's something that, uh, we can talk all about, you know, what's happening from Honduras straight on up, but we can also talk about all the other countries that dislike us that could be putting their citizens in a place to come up with them and cause issues into the future. But I think uh, you're hundred percent right. I think there's a fifth uh, column. I think there's a seditionist fifth column. And for anybody that doesn't know what a fifth column is, it goes back to the Spanish civil war during the thirties. And uh, a Spanish general was asked, you know, how do you intend to take over this city? And he gave a whole, explanation and the fifth column is this seditionist terroristic style element that this general was able to access to sabotage um the the power structures in there i think you're 100 percent right with that because there's also uh, i think it was last year or the year before um there was a new york uh person running for sheriff i'm not sure if he was a sheriff he's probably a sheriff he's running for sheriff and there's a little little clip never went anywhere unless you were in new york where he talks about how there are Chinese camps in New York. For mm-hmm. anybody that doesn't know, <laughs> New York's a big state. New York City is a little bit, and it has about half of the state's population in it. But the rest of the state is enormous. And if you go just north of New York City by about an hour, maybe an hour and a half, there's a lot of land. There's a lot of land. So apparently mm-hmm. in this sheriff's county, the, the there are these Chinese. He says they're the Chinese. They bought up all this land. They're completely self-sufficient. They have guards. It's fenced in with barbed wire. They're growing crops, uh, and they don't let anybody in there. Hmm. So that story never went anywhere. Nobody in the press touched it. 
he knows where it is. The sheriffs know where the, where the whole thing is. So I think you're right with that. I think this is an insurance policy, to be honest with you. you it also everything. Sounds, like, sounds like we have a vacation trip to upstate New York to go on there, Chris Michaels. No, no unless you <laughs> want to go to the Finger Lake region. Maybe we can uh, track down Hunter and visit a few vineyards. <laughs> I mean, you can watch I've, I've, drink wine. I, I've been to the Finger Lakes before, yeah. and uh, I'll never forget. We we get into this town. My band's playing. Well, it's a band that I was filling in for. We're playing the show. Went on a t- mini tour with them, oh. and we walk down to the local bar. It's like a Saturday, and this guy comes out, and he's got the glue on his head, and he's trying to put his toupee back on while telling us he's closed. And I was like, Oh God, what town am I in? I think that was uh, Auburn. New York. Sounds about uh, right. Yeah. Were you part was, of a Grateful Dead cover band? Was that it? <laughs> no, I was not. No, it was like, like uh, they were kind of uh, this, uh, what, what were they called? Uh, the Autumn Affair, the Autumn Affair. Uh, but I was filling in for them on bass. Uh, they had their um, drummer had filled in for us a few times. So I was returning the favor. But anyway, the Autumn Affair, we went and that was a crazy moment, which brings me to a music thing. Let's talk pop culture here. So I'm not sure if you saw this, but back in, I want to say maybe it's been, oh God, four or five months ago, there was a new song that got released by Drake and The Weeknd. Now, Drake and The Weeknd are uh, very, very popular in the hip hop world and pop uh, music world. And so I'm going to play just a clip of this song for you, Chris, so you can hear it. So let me uh, share my screen real quick. There we go. Uh, Open settings and Drake heart on my sleeve. There we go. Here it is. So take a quick listen to this. Talking to a diva, yeah, she on my nerves. She think that I need her, kick her to the car. All right. So this song here, let me turn it down so we can talk over top of it. So you've never heard this? Mm-mm. All right. So there's the weekend. You got Drake right before that that we heard. So this song comes out, and now this song is nominated for a Grammy. <laughs> All right. This song's nominated for a Grammy, Just but it gets so worse. It's an AI. It's an AI song. They didn't perform on this song whatsoever. What? And the Grammys have responded stating that they're going to allow it to be submitted for Grammy consideration, even though Drake and the weekend had nothing to do with it, but only because a ghostwriter, a real person created it with AI. They're going to allow it. What? So who gets the credit though? The ghostwriter. Oh, get out of here. Yes. They're using people's images and likenesses. Well, their voices. Well, their voices, right? right. Well, that's, that's part of what this writer's strike is all about, too. In Hollywood, that's right? correct. Because AI-generated images and actors and actors, you don't need Hollywood anymore. You don't need the entertainment industry anymore either, I guess, with or at least uh, the music industry. I had never heard this song. So, so, this, so, so here's, here's what the Grammy said. I want you to hear their statement and respond to it. The Grammy said, well, you know, if it wins, we're not going to be giving a nomination or an award to an AI computer or someone who just prompted AI. That's the distinction we're trying to make. It's the human award highlighting excellence. And this was driven by human creativity. The human creators are Drake <laughs> and The weekend. But because they're not. This person wouldn't have they have nothing this. to do with the song. They just use their likeness of their oh, voice. Man. Should it be allowed? No. I mean, this is a great pop culture question. No. Oh, all right. You know what? Yes, it should be allowed. Uh, if you want to do an AI style award show mm-hmm. where you award 
people for creating AI images, fine, go ahead. But right. no, I mean, you can't do this because God knows what else they can they can uh, do, especially with podcasters. I mean, they've got our voices. Right. Imagine what they can get us to say. Actually, you know what, now that I think about it, it may not be a bad idea to let AI run with some of the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> can we, can we maybe, put, maybe I can get somewhere with it. <laughs> maybe, maybe we can put our voices into the AI and see what it comes up with for a show. <laughs> no, I, I'm totally against this. No way in hell All right. should, a, should a musician or an artist be gypped out of, uh, of anything agree. of an award like this. Because it's not Drake. It's not The weekend. Yeah, so I'm going to start off winners and losers. The Grammys are the biggest loser of the week for allowing AI to come in to the music industry and to try to allow a uh, artificial intelligence song that's not going to be won by a real human being. It's going to be, well, I guess technically it is, like still. Somebody who stole somebody else's voices in order to make it. Grammys, shame on you, and you're now completely irrelevant. You're already irrelevant. But now you're completely irrelevant. Go back into the hole of once you came. No one wants a Grammy award anymore. You've completely illegitimized yourself by allowing this to be up. That's my loser of the week, Chris Michaels. Who's yours? Andy McCarthy. Without a doubt. Andy McCarthy is impotent. He is a wet, dribbly noodle. He is like pushing string. He should be going after Biden. He should not be letting the Hunter Biden thing go to the wayside. He should be pounding this day in and day out. And I will say I've got a runner-up for loser. Okay. And that is Matt Getz. Because Matt Getz worked really hard to get Andy McCarthy to abide by his rules, right? If you want to mm -hmm. become speaker, you play ball with our terms. What are you doing? From what we understood, it was one vote, and then Andy McCarthy is out. Or we have to vote about Andy McCarthy. So what are all these people doing? If you know Andy McCarthy is an empty suit, and there are rumors he attended Bohemian Grove, then get him out. Do something. Unless we're trying to wait for an October surprise of next year. But mm. my loser of the week, Andy McCarthy, for being extremely impotent and okay. being a rollover Republican. So the, the gets thing was just, you know, just a little throw in there, you know, just to seem relevant there, Mr. Michaels, trying to get two choices here, trying Ooh. to keep your eyebrows, <laughs> trying to make this happen. You know, at least no. when I, at least when I phone a friend, at least when I phone a friend, I just go, that's my choice. You know, well, I, you know I, what? I don't need friends. I'm capable <laughs> of critical thinking. <laughs> All right. All right. I went first with loser of the week. You come up with a winner of the week and then I'll go second. Winner of the week. That way I can I hear think. who you pick and pick somebody else. <laughs> What's that? Oh, yeah, right, because you don't have a winner of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear what my competition is first. <laughs> okay, my winner of the week is going to be, I hate to say it, mm -hmm. I'm going to say it's Tucker Carlson. Oh. And it's not because of him interviewing Larry Sinclair. Well, it is, partially. Not because of Larry Sinclair. It's because Tucker Carlson is broadening his horizons. So I see him, by doing this, by doing that interview, he's now saying, yes, I'm a little bit more than what Fox News put me into. So the winner of the week here is Tucker Carlson, because I think he's on his way to creating a massive media organization. Well, I'm going to win on this one. Except oh, maybe I won't. Maybe I won't because maybe people are tired of hearing this guy's name. 
winner of the week by far, by far. And I can't believe we, this what? didn't come up during the show. It's Elon Musk taking on the Anti-Defamation League. Like, by far, Elon Musk had the biggest week. And then I'm oh. voting for Tucker Carlson on this one. You can kiss tracks. my rear because you're wrong. <laughs> right? The Anti-Defamation League willingly tried to tank Elon Musk and his free speech by saying that the platform of Twitter allowed for anti-Semitism. Well, you know what? Where were you, Anti-Defamation League, when it was under Jack? Where were you saying that this happened? Because nothing changed. It didn't all of a sudden become more hateful in postings. What happened was it was a man that you disagreed with because it was a man that was not under anybody's control. And as a result, you started to go after the network or the Twitter network. Now, when he purchased it, it was worth $44 billion. Elon Musk dropped an absolute bomb. He said that the company had lost 90% of its value. And mostly it was because of the ADL and them telling advertisers to move off. So Elon Musk took to the offensive this week and became the winner of the week. And then to solidify the winner of the week for him, the story comes out that not only is he fighting the ADL, but he prevented World War III because he made sure that the Starlink satellites could not be used for war efforts to harm other individuals. Now, he's clarified that statement saying, well, no, it wasn't active in that region, but he's still calling for a truce, stating that there are young children that are dying, both that are Ukrainian and Russian, for just a little sliver of land. And so you know what? Yes, Elon Musk, winner of the week. How's, how's that for that eyebrow, eyebrow Chris Michaels? Yes, you I, are. I'm toast. I should have chosen Greenblatt from the ADL as loser of the week. Did you see that interview on CNBC? Oh my God, that was a horrible interview. Where he tries to play the oh, you're 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 yes. attacking a Jewish person. The, meanwhile, the interviewer is Jewish. Yes, yes, like, and the interview is like, up. wait a minute here, buddy. Yeah, I'm Jewish too. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, oh, it's like I, it's like. Oh. Vivek Ramaswamy went on the uh, CNBC or MSNBC, and they grilled him about the Soros money. And he said, well, you know, you wouldn't turn down 50,000. And he's like, yeah, but you didn't need it. And he goes, well, yes, I did. I didn't have that much money then. He goes, I have your tax returns. You published <laughs> your tax returns for 20 years. You made $650,000 that year. Why'd you need 50,000 for school? He's like, well, back then 50,000 was really important to me. It was a horrible interview. That guy is sinking faster than the Titanic. It's great. I so, be so between DeSantis and Ramaswamy. They're they're losing ground quick, and so it's going to come down to Nikki Haley, which is what I originally thought, Ugh. and Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. Ugh. I'm not going to continue. That's where it is, we said losers and winners of the week. Yeah, I've got my thoughts on Miss Haley, but she's a loser. <laughs> she's a massive loser. She's yeah, a I know. stooge. I know she is. She is a deep state moron. Uh, what what do you got coming up uh, on your well, show next wait, wait, week? Wait, what are you thinking? Well, not, not, you triggered something. Oh, I triggered you. I triggered you, you, you snowflake. <laughs> I need a safe space. There was a Republican um, uh, uh, Republican Party um, poll that was sent out today. Mm -hmm. And they listed, you know, who do you think should be the primary winner? Right. And right up top, and I couldn't figure it out until you said it, Nikki Haley. Yep. And Donald Trump was like number seven out of all of the Not primary voters. Right. So, oh, next week, what do we got coming yes. up? Anyway, yeah, what do you got? So, next week for me, uh, I think you and Joe Soul, we've had him on both of our shows. Yep. We're going to talk about angels and demons. What do they look like? How do they interact? 
We're going to talk about the hierarchy of angels, and we're also going to learn something that angels actually control different regions, not only of earth and, and, the, and possibly the heavens, but regions on the earthly plane and different countries. Very interesting stuff. And that's going to be on the Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels, correct? That's right. Yep. Next Tuesday, we're shooting for it. Yep. And um, also, we're going to have on a gentleman that apparently I live close to. I didn't even know it. Um, and he is all about occultism, especially when it comes to occultism and strange things happening in New York. So that should be extremely interesting. We got Nazis, occultism. I mean, what more do we need? <laughs> we got it all covered next week, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a blast. You're not going to want to miss it. You're going to miss any moment. So, and he's got a, uh, a Twitter feed too. It go, goes by the Occult Friends, at Occult Friends, and calls himself the Occult Rejects. So to bring him onto the show here on the American Bolden Show, um, as well as I'm going to have somebody running for Senate next Wednesday on the show uh, in the great state of Michigan. And I'm going to grill him on what it's going to take for him to run for Senate and whether or not you feel that he's worthy of your vote if you live out there, but also if you'd want him in the United States running. Uh, I'm not making this a soft interview. Uh, I'm going to have a little bit of fun with it. And I told the, the person who I spoke with, I said, he can come on to my show, but this is not to promote him. This is to ask hardline questions and get down to it. So Ooh. if you're want to get down to uh, find out what a Republican running for Senate's going to have to go through. I'm going to put them through the griller next Wednesday. And I'm looking forward to that as well. We're going to have a good time doing that. So uh, more information available on America out loud uh, network, as well as on my Twitter page, which is at real Greg Bolden, as always make sure that you guys go over and you can follow at real Greg Bolden. If you want to follow me right here. And if you'd like to follow, Chris over that way. There we go. Now I'm pointing at you. You can follow at last call caravan. All right. So make sure you guys go give those accounts a follow. And as always, uh, Chris, it's been a pleasure. I'm glad that uh, we could do this once again. Oh, as always every week, I'm just praying my eyebrows stay. Yeah, your, it's going to work. <laughs> your, eyebrows, your eyebrows are gone, buddy. I can't oh wait. God. It's going to be a blast. Oh, <laughs> All right, everybody. We've had a great time. We will be back next week with not just one episode, but two. If you head on over and like the last call podcast with Chris Michaels, you'll hear me on that show as well as just heard uh, tease just a few moments ago. We appreciate all of your time. Appreciate you guys all being here. It's been great. We hope we honored your time. Well, that's it. That's all. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. You've been listening to America emboldened with Greg Bolden and Chris Michaels here on the America out loud network. Be bold, America.